This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. And this week, I've got something for you that I haven't done before. Uh, I've been teaching a lot lately, so I was kind of thinking a few things that uh, some students had brought my way and started with me thinking about. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's actually something I should bring up in my podcast. So this is it. What are the competencies, skills, and qualifications that you would need to be a a successful or a good EHS, Environmental Health and Safety Consultant? Uh, So I I really was thinking about that, and I was like, well, I'm going to have to break this thing up in in a couple of different thoughts, and it's going back and forth, and there are some a little established uh, things specifically for the safety profession, but uh, the safety profession versus uh, some things that would be available for uh, specific criteria to be a safety consultant. That one is a little bit more subjective. So I decided that in this episode today, I'm going to give you my subjective version and answer to what are the competencies, skills, and qualifications for an EHS consultant. So that is where we're going today. And this is going to be a solo one with me, so that's all you have to do is worry about me today. I'm not going to break into a commercial. Just going to go over it, yin and you. Old days, man, just old school, us two together. All right, so let's go through um, my thought process on this one. So if you're trying to catch the question right, question is, what are the competencies, skills, and qualifications that is needed to be an environmental health and safety consultant? So the first part of the question is I'm thinking, all right, well, you definitely need to have specific competencies, meaning that these are the things that you understand that you're you're capable of doing, and that uh, especially when you're in the consultant range, now you may have to be a little bit more than average. There's a few things. I'll, I'll tell you right up. There's a few things that you are just going to be average in. There's some things that you're going to be sub below. That's okay. The things that you excel in, that's the business part. The other stuff that it takes to run the business, operate the business, you may be a little subpar on that. And uh, and I think that that is a valid thing. And that's why you get some help, really, is what that boils down to. So the uh, uh, episode today is going to be this. It's going to be me just uh, giving you a few, I don't know, uh, food for thought questions and uh, in my experience, as well as some of the things I may have heard from other people regarding how to get some competencies, some skills, and qualifications for a EH&S consultant. So I'm going to start with the competency side, because that's actually the easiest. The competency first should start with basic, like what is the competency you need 
as a professional for safety and health. So the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, and the ASSP, which used to be the ASSE, which is an American Society of Safety Engineers, as the E part, and now they have gone to ASSP, American Society of Safety Professionals, they actually have a criteria for establishing the scope and functions of the professional safety position. This is the Z590.2. So the Z590.2 is a joint ASSP uh, document. And truly, this is the criteria for being a safety professional. They broke it down into different chapters, and, uh, and it is a foundation. Sure, you could go beyond ANSI, but for the U.S., we call it the consensus standards for a reason, meaning that you can at least know that if something's in the ANSI standard is saying this is the way this thing should be constructed or it should be applied, um, let's say it's something like this, which is a training or, or a position. The person who is in this position should have this standardized uh, understanding. And that's really what the ANSI documents do. So this Z590 document, uh, this one is a project that was also initiated through the ASSP, and they wanted to get some sort of um, some sort of consensus, really, and so that we all would know if you're saying that calling yourself a safety professional, and it doesn't have to be certification or not, just if you're using those terms then these are the things that you should be uh, aware of. And this is the criteria for being a safety consultant. So there's a bunch of little things that you're going to uh, look for in this document. You download the document, take a good look, match it up towards your uh, job description or your resume or something similar to that. Then now you truly would be able to see, you know, where do you stand next to, I don't know, someone in your uh your position halfway around the world to you uh that's this is the equalizer document uh, though it's the ANSI meaning American National Standards Institute many people actually across the world look at ANSI document and just says that there's such a level of quality for those ANSI documents that we're going to incorporate these by reference for us or we're going to go ahead and um and just just use a baseline of ANSI, and then we'll, we'll build on it in some other way. So this is the first document I was looking at to answer the question on, you know, what uh, what's the scope? What's the function of a professional safety person? I'm not up to the consultant yet. I'm just starting at the baseline, right? So first, before I answer this question about the competency, skills, and qualification of the safety consultant, let's start with the safety person first. And then there's another document that I was thinking, all right, well, if I'm thinking this, let's also think international, even though um, ASSE and or ASSP, they are international, we have another body. And there's another body called the International Network of Safety and Health Practitioner Organizations in Chapeau. So International Network of Safety and Health Practitioner Organizations, I-N-S-H-P-O. Uh, they had a World Congress, the 21st World Congress in 2017, 
they met in Singapore. And during that conference, they really wanted to figure out uh, what they called and the document ended up being is the Organizational Health and Safety Professional Capability Framework. And it's under, no, or I should say, the the name with it, the, the uh, second name, you know, how they have like the marquee name and then they have uh, a working title underneath it, if you will. Uh, the working title of that one is a global framework for practice. And this is truly, globally speaking, if you're calling yourself uh, first a practitioner, and then also uh, they, they break it up into two major categories um, for the, the safety and health. So one is a specialist and one's a practitioner. And all the countries that were represented there once they decided, yes, we're going to ratify this thing, uh, they signed off on the accord. So some of the member organizations that showed up in this 2017 uh, giant meeting in Singapore was the U.S., Canada, U.K., uh, the EU, Australia, New Zealand, the Russian Federation, Singapore, and Korea. So those are the, organiza- or the countries represented here. And uh, truly, they broke down everything and started thinking about definitions of competencies and definition of capability and what does all those things mean. And after they got the international, um, let's say, wording, if you will, to start uh, the, the basis, the groundwork, the foundation, then they kind of built off of that. So they're looking, and they also included core conducts, you know, like model code of conduct. Uh, they got guidelines for certification and accreditation. Uh, all that is really what they're looking for. So uh, the areas on this global framework that they're looking in and honing in for was knowledge, skills, ability, the roles, the function, what kind of, of accreditation do you need? And then the certifications. So all those things they kind of looked at and then they decided, all right, let's take these components, take these different uh, avenues to become a safety personnel or professional. And now let's put this in some sort of master recipe that is going to tell us once this thing is all baked and ready for consumption, it's going to be the actual role responsibility and the path to safety practitioner and a safety professional so again this is the uh the inshipo 2017 singapore accord which is giving you the competencies first of the safety and health practitioner we got to start with the basics right so you get yourself a copy of this one find out uh first if you land under uh osha excuse me ash Uh, the Occupational Health and Safety Practitioner, which is usually, and this is coming from the document, who is usually vocationally educated uh, versus the Occupational Health and Safety Professional, who is usually university educated. And it says usually in both of those situations, and that means it's not a specific requirement that you have a degree in order for you to be called a, a professional or a practitioner. 
It's just usually you should find your way to one of those things, vocational if you're a practitioner and university if you're a professional, but it's not required. So I'm putting that here because this kind of leads me into other resources when I'm trying to, when I was first trying to figure out, okay, what are the competencies that I need to have? And I figured, all right, let me go through these two documents and Find out first the competencies that you need to have to be a safety professional. And I say, all right, that's, that's a good idea. Those are some of the things that you should be looking for about, you know, identifying hazards and being able to uh, get uh, uh, different ways of, of controlling the hazards that you find and investigation and communication skills and all those things that you're going to need. Definitely, if you're in a, a safety position. So that was a uh, good to see. And then the next thing that my mind kind of went to is thinking about, all right, well, first, does it matter if it's domestic versus global? And quite honestly, it would worry. It really matters about your outcome as a company. If you're hiring someone who's a consultant, do you want someone who's a specialist at, you know, your actual agency for your country? meaning your own country's occupational safety and health regulator? Do you want a specialist in that? Or do you want a specialist that understands the concept, the principles of safety and health, and now you want to use that into your organization's system? It depends. It truly is what it boils down to. So I want to just, just throw in, um, I decided to look up and I found a couple of documents. One is from safemanitoba.com. And this document's entitled um, Hiring an Occupational Health and Safety Consultant. So my next way of figuring out how to get your competency, skills, and qualification for EH&S led me to, if I were to seek to hire myself <laughs> or seek to hire someone like me, uh, what kind of documentation or something's out there, what would people be looking for? So first, they uh, would say, and this coming from the safemanitoba.com site, uh, they're looking for knowledge and experience uh, in not only uh, knowledge and experience as a safety consultant, but in uh, whatever specialty that you need or the discipline you're looking for. So they do specialize those or individualize those things. One is industry specific experience. One is discipline experience, uh, specific experience, which is good. Uh, you need those two. You have to make sure that the person has knowledge in occupational safety and health. And they break down those things, meaning like you're understanding workplace injury and illness data, and you're looking at different things that are risk analysis and how to design and implement strategies related to safety and health. That's all in there as well. There's a bunch that I noticed as I'm uh, really flipping through this document. And uh, they do mention a couple of things about ergonomics specifically. Um, but generally, the document is just saying when you're looking for a consultant, you want to make sure that you verify their experience, confirm and follow up that uh, this person is truly qualified for what they're telling you and that they're insured. So those are some of the things that are basic and then they do end up at the, the end of this document. It's only a 10-page document that they have for the um, 
Manitoba hiring of consultant page that they they have for people. They even have some interview questions in there, you know. Uh, Some of the interview questions is talking about how do you develop your programs and how do you make sure that it's been effective. And then the consultant would have to answer that. Another question down the way was uh, what are key performance indicators that you use or have used in the past to show that your system that you've helped your client institute is working. And then you would have to break that down too. So very interesting questions there. That would lead me to, to understanding some of the competencies that it's going to take to even uh, answer some of these questions that they're thinking here. So I like the way that they brought that up. So it made me think of some of the, the qualifications that you may need. So the competencies and qualifications and skills, they're all kind of go together, you know. So I'm, I was kind of spitballing. <laughs> I don't know if, if I could say that one, but that's pretty much like when, uh, you know, they, they freestyle rap in, in some of those uh, shows that you may see or uh, or even like the Grammy Awards or something similar to that. All of a sudden, uh, there's a bunch of people just going freestyle with the rap, not, nothing written down, just coming off the top of their head. So that's basically what I did here. Just trying to think of a few needed qualifications and also some skills that you're going to need if you're going to do uh, the consulting thing. So first, you may need some specialized training. If you're going to be a specialist in something, I would imagine that specialized training is coming from uh, where your experience is coming from. So that's where I'm thinking you're going to get that specialized training. You should always look to get more training, even as an established consultant. Constantly grow your knowledge base, but... It's eventually going to help you grow your um, your base for getting more clients as well or services. So it does pay for us to keep you know getting more and more educated and getting specialized training. Uh, education, meaning what kind of education level do you have? Do you need a, a master's degree? Do you need a, no degree at all? What's what's appropriate as a consultant? Uh, so of course. I always say education is the way to go first and foremost, and then get a designation. Uh, designation such as I have a certified occupational safety specialist designation, certificate of occupational safety manager designation. But I also have a master's in public administration with a concentration in environmental policy. So I, I I've got the the education side, but it still didn't hurt for me to get the other side with the uh, certification. So I would say go both routes whenever it's available to you. Uh, Go ahead and and grab some training, get some certification in there. The next thing I put down here is some of the things that you're going to need to help boost your skills is uh, get some train-to-trainer in you. So get a train-to-trainer class in something that you would eventually make a service out of. And that's going to help you too. So you could utilize that in two ways. You get added information, knowledge, and everything for yourself. But not only that, you're also going to be able to get something that will be a viable way to have extra revenue later on. So it's a win-win for you in that one. So here's some skills that you're going to need. Managerial skills, administrative skills, clerical skills, 
uh, you would really do yourself well to take a typing class. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, and I'm not saying you have to go to community college, but uh, if there's anything online that you could do, free or paid, to get your typing skills up, you're looking for a target of mm, anywhere above 50 words a minute is what you're looking for. And these are clean words a minute, not where you still have to backspace and uh, and then fix the word up. I mean, just clean word, you see it, and you're typing without looking at your fingers. You're getting up to like the 60 word, 50 words per minute. All right, now you're right where you need to be. So that is a clerical administrative type skill. It will help you immensely, immensely. I can't tell you how much times it helps me that I'm able to type quickly. Um, managerial is going to help you with two things, and I'm going to add project management with this one as well. I had written it separately on my list, but I'm going to add this here as well. But project management and actually doing managerial, uh, having managerial skills is going to help you where... Uh, you're always going to keep on task is going to be not only is the things that you're going to be working on make a logical sense, but you're going to do it in a logical order. You're not going to do it where there's going to be things that you're going to miss out uh, or you're going to omit. I know that's why we have error and omission insurance, but you don't want to try that one out. <laughs> you just want to have the insurance, but don't make a claim because you're going to do a great job. That's what we're looking for. So if you're looking at something that will really help you with this one is it's truly just going to a class. You're going to have to do a managerial class or you could hire somebody, uh, get an, an office assistant, a virtual assistant or something that could help you with some of these things. Uh, that might be some um, a benefit to you. Critical thinking, absolutely. You're going to need that as a skill, marketing and sales for your own business, because you are going to be your own team. So that's a skill you're going to need as a consultant. And truly, uh, I'm just looking at this as a way of understanding the depth as well of being a consultant, because I do tell people, you know, I love it as a consultant, safety and health consultant, and this could really be any consultant if you're looking at it uh, in the wider lens. Um, I don't know if I could be back in the employment sector. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I just like it this way, and I encourage people to do it, but you still need to have chops. That's really what it boils down to. You still need to have skills. So oh, the communication skills, the social media skills, sales, marketing, all that stuff is going to have to be developed by you. You can outsource things like social media uh, tasks, you know, have people update your LinkedIn or whatever from time to time for you as if you were there or get an automated service. Something could help you with that, yes. But knowing to find that, knowing to set it up and everything else, that's a skill in itself. So you're going to have to add that to your computer skills and tech, uh, technology skills is going to have to be there. Budgeting, you're going to have to know how to budget per each project as well as lifetime budget because, you know, if you're making your money yourself, you're going to have to give yourself a salary and and uh, know what still goes back into the business and all that stuff too. So that's an, an added bonus for understanding, you know, budgeting skills and money management skills. 
Negotiation is another one of those skills you're going to end up needing to know. Because truly, when you start negotiating with people like OSHA, negotiating with even clients in some ways, uh, there's conflict resolution that goes with this too, uh, with negotiation. So there's two real keen skills that if you don't have, you're going to end up having to to develop, learn, watch a, uh, or, or, or get. Usually it's going to be in a self-paced learning course is how you're going to end up getting yourself out of that one and getting your knowledge up. Uh, public speaking. I know I harp on public speaking. I've mentioned it a bunch of times throughout the podcast. And, you know, we're going into our third year. I'm starting my third year in this. And I've mentioned you know, public speaking quite a bit because it's truly important. You're going to eventually end up public speaking somewhere in your career. And that's good. You need to because it's going to be a way for you to show people your personality, which is also going to lead them to wanting to do business with you uh, because you got a great personality. You let it show. And that's truly uh, going to get more and more through public speaking. The more and more people like you, they're going to ask you to speak and you're going to go and you're going to be speaking sometimes more than you're consulting. And then you got to start balancing that out too. And that's a trip. All right. Some technical skills you're going to need. Let's add to the skill side. And again, we're talking about competencies, skills, and other things that are qualifications for being a safety consultant. So technical skills, you're going to have to know your your actual uh, task as a safety and health uh, advisor. You're going to be called to to understand hazards and to identify them and to know OSHA compliance or your country's compliance. You're going to have to know how to engineer hazards and if not, work rules and if not, then PPE. Understand law and how to read the standards. That's going to be really important. And then... That understanding, that uh, that skill of knowing the technical stuff, that's going to be something that you're going to have to marry with good communication and talk to each level of the organization in the language and understanding that they have. And when I say language, I just mean more of uh, colloquial terms or, or how they speak as opposed to language that you would have to learn uh, uh, English or learn a Spanish or French or whatever. Uh, I don't mean that one. <laughs> that you're still going to need some translation on. But I just mean, you know, if someone is very, very formal and they're in a, a formal setting, then you're going to have to speak more formal to them or else you're going to lose them. If you go to a line and the line is having fun and they're talking in normal slang, I'm not saying to, to degrade yourself in any way, but I'm just saying, you know, you could lighten up a little while you're dealing with the line, and that's communication skills. So if you learn how to have that communication skill and get technical information uh, at the same time, that's now going to be very, very well worth it. And that's a, a true skill that you're going to need as a consultant. Uh, researching. I research my butt off constantly. And it is like its own beast sometimes is researching things. So you're going to have to really understand uh, what, where to get good things, good information, and disseminate that information to the degree where you are now an expert. 
Uh, so that one is, is going to be tough because you have to keep making sure your source documents, your source information is credible. Uh, following up is part of organizing, so you got to make sure you do that stuff. You're going to have to have good investigation skills and grasp of business writing because you're going to be writing things. Um, another thing I just briefly want to talk about while we're getting towards the end, there's a couple of things that I was thinking about, but one was, I don't know if this is valid yet, but I'm thinking it could be. So in the near future, I'm sure being vaccinated from the COVID-19 virus is going to make a difference in the global market, including uh, specific things such as being a, being a safety consultant. Because I can imagine, you know, people who are vaccinated, I, I got my last, my second dose uh, this past week, so I need a couple of weeks before I'm fully immune, but uh, truly... I can imagine in the future where if you could say you are, that might actually open some doors for you, uh, especially if you have to physically be in a location. Uh, that could help too. I'm not saying you'd be irresponsible with, you know, you still got to do whatever the CDC guidances or World Health Organization guidances on, you know, how do you approach being outside and vaccinated because, I'm still going to wear my mask, right? But other than that, uh, what if that's a skill or a trait or however the wording is to now have a good, viable safety consulting business? I don't know if it's a thing yet. It's just going through my mind. Uh, if you think it is, just go ahead and, and write that one in the, in the chat box for me. Because truly, if you... I don't know. I'm just doing... My mind is doing the, the math. And I'm kind of thinking that eh, in the future, this uh, vaccination is going to make a, a really big thing for us. And this is one of the things I'm thinking about. So those are some of the thoughts that I had about what is it going to take to be a good safety consultant. Uh, so your competencies, skills, qualifications, you're definitely going to need to know a, a lot of things in order for your business to run and take off and do well. I gave you a bunch of things to think about, but don't forget, uh, you're also going to have to maybe throw in there good coaching skills, uh, eventually instructional design, because you're going to end up having to create courses for uh, clients. So those are some of the things you're going to add to. So your computer and skills for internet, how you guide through the internet and navigate through them, that's good too. So you'll have to learn that. So there you go. I threw in some bonuses there. Not bad. So if you have any other things you want to add, send me an email at sheldon at sheldonprimus.com, sheldon at sheldonprimus.com, and I'll be able to uh, help you out as best as I can. I'll add to the list if we need to. Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook, and you're going to do that by facebook.com backslash groups with an S backslash safety consultant, no S. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn, look up Sheldon Primus. You got me there. And then check out safetyconsultant.tv. Safetyconsultant.tv. Uh, that's a product that I created for you guys to help you out. That truly, wherever you are, wherever you look at TV, you look at your shows, you binge watch anything, uh, that device, you could get 
Safety Consultant TV on, and you could help by going through the playlist and help yourself get ready for your business and to launch your business even more. And I even have a, a playlist in there that's just for fun. Get some fun stuff in that one. All right. So have a wonderful rest of the week. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.